everyone. This is Emily Rose of Who the Fuck Knows with Emily Rose, and I want to talk to you for a minute. As you know, the holidays are coming up, and frankly, I could use a little holiday cheer. Whether you're a longtime listener, you tune in every once in a while, or never listened at all, you can follow the links in my episode description and send me a holiday drink, follow my Cash App link, or subscribe via Buzzsprout subscriptions. Buy Me a Holiday Drink will only be available through the month of December. So if that's your preferred method, go ahead and try it out now. Thank you for your continued support. I love you guys. Bye-bye. Hello, hello, hello. This is Who the Fuck Knows with Emily Rose. I'm Emily Rose. Welcome almost to the new year, you guys. Listen, I am sitting in my recording area thinking about the year that I've had and what I want to do in the next year. And I just wanted to give you guys just a little bit of an update, okay? Because I think that if you've been following me since I started this podcast in early 2021, you've probably noticed that not only am I inconsistent, but I talk about my inconsistency constantly. And I thought I would just come on here tell you kind of what I'm thinking of doing, give you a little bit of an explanation, and talk about some of the things that I've been watching and seeing, okay? So first of all, what I really think I will be covering in 2024, I will for sure be covering Scandable. I will for sure be covering, or Scandable, Vanderpump Rules, hello. I will for sure be covering Vanderpump Rules season 11. I will for sure be covering the Rest of Southern Charm and the upcoming reunion. I may, I may cover Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I know that you guys love my Beverly Hills coverage. Here's the thing. Beverly Hills doesn't have a lot of promise. And I feel like it's a very triggering, it's like triggering people sometimes. The... Denise of it all, the is Kyle having a secret lesbian affair of it all. I think that that makes people uncomfortable. And I don't think that my opinions help with that. So, and I want to be honest and I want to be, I want to make sure that when I'm on the mic, I don't want to feel like I have to like skirt around the shit that I feel, right? I know that I need to be careful and consider people's feelings because I have a platform and it's important to use my platform um, responsibly. But I do not also want to sit here and pretend like (laughs) like I'm supposed to have a whole lot of empathy for people spreading rumors about Kyle and Morgan Wade being in a relationship when they have a fully dedicated music video that came out and Morgan fully signed on to be on the show and Kyle is currently just to get on current news is on this really weird tear I don't know if you guys have seen it I'm hoping to reach out to Face Reality 16 because she is all over it and she's been on the show before i'm hoping to get her on in the new year to talk about this weird thing that kyle is currently doing where she just did a a spread for people i think it was people one of those you know magazines the only people that are her age and her place in hollywood would think it's super important she just did a thing where it's like she's still talking about ozempic and not drinking and i'm sitting here like I know that the ladies kind of talked a little bit about how it was weird that you weren't drinking, Kyle, but no one actually really cares, right? No one, I don't care. And I've said it before, 
I don't think that the issue so much is an isolated, oh, this girl that used to drink, oh, what, she's not going to party anymore? That's so boring of her. Maybe that's some of it. But I really think that it's more so she's doing all of these really dramatic changes. And these ladies are smart, the cast. And I think that what they're doing is purposefully trying to say, we know that there's something else going on. Whether it's her and Mauricio's marriage, her and Morgan Wade, whatever it is, they know that there's more going on. And so they're pointing to the things that we as audience members can touch. We tangibly, we can see she stopped drinking. To us, it's not really a big deal because we didn't think that she had a problem with drinking in the first place. But we can also see that she's lost weight. But no one on the cast is really accusing her of using Ozempic for real. Like they're accusing, what's her name? EJ. But they're not accusing her of doing Ozempic. And I don't think, and I just don't think anyone cares. I think that the conversation around Ozempic use is old and tired and the audience isn't really invested in it. That is not the lie that we're fucking hung up on, Kyle. And then she says, well, I've been honest about my marriage. Well, actually, at this point in the show, not really. Uh, You've said that you had a tough year, but it looks like you are currently going through a tough year at the time of filming. So you're not being super honest, Kyle. So all of that is to say, that's kind of interesting. But I don't know if it's something that I really want to keep talking about because she is doing this... To me, it feels like a distraction. Feels like she's pushing this. But I'm I'm not drinking because that was a good choice for me. And I'm losing weight because that was the choice for me. Girl, good. That's not what we're, we're, we're not wondering about that. We see that you've lost weight and we see that you stopped drinking. We didn't think you had a problem with drinking, so we don't really give a shit. All we want to know is what the hell is going on with this girl and with, with, with Mo. And what has the state of your relationship been? And why have there been rumors for years and years? And I don't just mean Lisa Vanderpump and the magazines and Brandy Glanville. And that's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about go on Reddit, listen to a podcast or five, and hear of the people who are sources of sources that say, look, I know someone who slept with Mo. Emily Rose has a second and a half hand source of someone who slept with Mauricio. I know some like it's not it or says that they did says that they did. I choose to believe them. Obviously, Kyle doesn't or doesn't want to or doesn't have to. But all I'm saying is this is not just something that is for the show that has been cheekily brought up from time to time. This is shit that's really like in the lives of Hollywood. These are rumors. Say something about it. Or just confirm the foremost theory that you and Mo have had some sort of agreement in the past where you're not asking as long as he's not showing telling. You're not asking him about his dalliances as long as he's keeping that shit under wraps and same for you. That's pretty tight. And I think that it would be fair if you came out, but then... Somebody said, and I don't know who it was, maybe it was, um, it might have been Sarah Galley, because I do still listen to her from time to time. Maybe it was the, the women of Reality Bites, because they have really good insights, like, all the time. Somebody said, I think it's the kids. I think that the kids have said, we are asking respectfully that you not speak about this on the show. Like, what's really, really going on? 
And I guess that's fine. But it doesn't make for very compelling television. And you look nuts when you're out here doing people covers about how you're not drinking. No, girl, we know you're not drinking. Cool. You seem more upset about it than we do. Anyway, so but the content of the show, like week to week and like Sutton and her esophagus and shit like that's I I don't care. Anne Marie Wiley, I don't care. I hate writing someone off, but I feel like if I give her, if if we start in this like, oh, well, she's just so boring and let's get her off the show and like, I'm not going to do all of that because then that kind of gets into ironic icon and I don't want an ironic icon. I don't want another Diane Jenkins. At least Diane was doing like evil shit though. So it was kind of like, and she had like a, compelling past that was put on display none of that can be said so far for Marie wiley and the shit that she stands for and co-signs is not morally okay with me and i draw my moral lines all over the damn map so that's just something i'm not gonna fuck with her about the rest of it's really boring so if we can get more like the dinner scene these bitches know how to do a dinner scene if we get more like that then i will cover the show but i cannot say with confidence that I will be able to week to week cover it if it's just not that interesting. Of course, the Salt Lake City finale is coming up in a few days. I am riveted and I believe I will be talking about the Salt Lake City finale because there's going to be something's going to come out, right? And then the reunions, the 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 success of the reunions are going to depend heavily on the finale. So whatever gets revealed in the finale, like, why is Heather on the phone talking about that was her? Why did she did this? If this was something to do with Monica, then, yeah, we're going to talk about it. I think it'll be compelling to see what the fuck happened with the cast. We know that they were not talking to each other at BravoCon, so the we don't know. We just don't know. And I am fascinated to find out. So let's say most likely going to cover the finale. We'll see about the reunions. And certainly Southern Charms, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do it because I need to get down to the damn bottom of this. You know, Olivia Flowers made a, made a Crazy Days and Nights blind the other day about her brother who passed away. I was like, this is crazy to read about Olivia Flowers on C-Dan. Like, this is nuts. Side note, there is some wild shit going on in the world of NT Lawyer and Crazy Days and Nights, you guys. Uh, you know that, that I've been referencing him and his website since the beginning of my podcast. And it turns out uh, he's kind of, uh, well, it's, it doesn't turn out. And I'm not laughing at anyone. We all know he, it was, fans of the site knew he wasn't actually a 300-pound lawyer living in the basement of his mom. We kind of gathered that this is just a, uh, an identity that he used to protect himself from who his real identity was. And then he got, not doxxed, but his identity was revealed. And he is this guy. And I don't, I guess I shouldn't say his name because I am a little afraid of him. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what he's got going on. He is just this guy in California and it looks like he's pretty wealthy and he's married and he got involved with because he's so anonymous and secretive he was able to get involved with another podcaster of the ladies who covered welcome to the carterverse 
And they got in a relationship and he royally fucked her over and was had some some sort of I don't know fetish is the right word, but he had some he has some shit wrong, which I would say we probably could have posited not blaming the girl from the podcast. I'm just saying there's something wrong with the guy and I kind of knew it, but I just couldn't put a finger on it. And now we have a finger on it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yikes. That's um, that's tough. So I hope she's okay. I hope she recovers because it sounds like she was really put through hell from that guy. Speaking of welcome to the Carterverse, hate to derail this much because, listen, Bobby Jean Carter, the oldest sister of Aaron, Leslie, Angel, and Nick Carter, died over the break from a, I believe it was drug and alcohol related. I don't know that it was necessarily an overdose, but I mean, if it's related, it probably was. Which prompted me while I was at my mother's house for Christmas to rewatch, even though I swore to God I would never do it again, well, uh, House of Carters. Y'all, when I tell you if you need a dark show, it's the darkest thing you can watch on television, and it's all on YouTube. These children, Aaron Carter, Leslie, Bobby, who have all now passed, so there's only Angel, Nick Carter's twin, and, I'm sorry, Aaron Carter's twin, and then Nick Carter are the only surviving members. As we know, Nick Carter has several domestic abuse allegations against him currently. From everything I could tell, Angel is like living a relatively chill life and she's doing therapy and she's trying to give back to the community. But these other kids, man, they suffered. They suffered at the hands of their parents, at the hands of the industry. It is a really fucking sad story. And if you want insight like that could never be retold on a YouTube or anything, you really have to watch that show. But don't. Don't watch that show if you don't want to be really depressed. Speaking of niche content, I every year there's something that I'm like, God, I wish I could get on the mic and talk about. I get hit with the pretty wild fever every few weeks where I'm just like, I wish I could just get on the mic and talk about pretty wild. But then I don't know what the demand is. I don't know that you guys would want to hear me talk about pretty wild and Alexis Nyers, even though I know way more about Alexis Nyers Haynes than any woman should than any person should i am deep in her lore and her life since the show and currently her life is kind of an i don't want to say it's a mess but she's kind of a mess so and it's gotten it, it was in like 2019 she was doing all right and then things just took a weird fucking turn so there's that so guys if there's like a niche show that you want me to cover you could i mean you won't you don't want me to cover uh, house of carters you don't because you don't want to watch it because it is sad. But there's a lot of stuff that I watch just for no reason. Uh, the Lindsay Lohan special I watch from time to time, like I said, pretty wild. I rewatch Paris Hilton's um, 2011 special, which this all connects, don't worry, where she it was called Life According to Paris, I think. And I own that show. And very interestingly, one of the main main side characters of the show was Brooke Mueller. While she was estranged from Charlie Sheen, but still very much in the throes of addiction, and she's positioned on the show as Paris's, one of Paris's best friends, but she's actually one of Kathy's best friends, which I don't know how that turned out, but really she's more of Kathy's friend than she is Paris's. And we watch her spiral, 
very Kim Richards, you know, all all in the family. Very Kim Richards circa season two of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We watch her spiral and go to rehab. Now, as we know, things did not go get better from there. This was in 2011. Things did not get better than there from there. And it's just interesting. And I've said several times it's interesting. This Kathy, Kyle, Paris, the Denise, like all of these relationships. Beverly Hills is the most intertwined when it comes to not just family, but like community relationships, Hollywood relationships. And it's so deep and it's so fascinating. And I always thought it was odd that Kyle came for Denise the way that she did when she knew what the fuck was up with the the things that Denise had to protect. Now, again, has Denise been hypocritical? Absolutely. Absolutely. But the stakes were pretty high. And I'm I'm just I wonder sometimes if Kyle felt like she needed to have some sort of loyalty to Kathy via being a bitch to Denise because Brooke didn't like Denise. You see what I'm saying? I don't know. That's a little I know that's a little far fetched. So we'll see. Uh let's see what else. Oh, Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Roni. I won't be covering it. I think that it's not something that needs to be talked about necessarily by a whole bunch of people, considering like Ramona's on the show and she's proven to be racist and I don't want to give her a lot of attention. The show is pretty good. It's pretty funny. We don't need another season. I think we're good with this. I wish the other casts would do this. I really, Kelly Ben Simone is really very strange. And I will never, ever forget the rumor that she, the night of Scary Island, that Sonia went in her room and said it smelled like cat pee. And cat pee is, has a very <laughs> similar to smell to like meth. And that was definitely Kelly's vibe on that trip. Okay. So, and she won't, I've, she won't ever be honest about that. So it's kind of like, you're just being erratic and we're not getting rationale behind it and it's kind of annoying so the show's okay but i really wish if they could pull this off with atlanta i would never need another season of real housewives of atlanta again and i really don't need another season of roni ever again i mean i like the new girls and i'm definitely interested to see what happens in the new season but if we edit atlanta where it is and then did some legacy trips i would be fine with that i know andy said several years ago if we ever start doing like all stars that's when the franchise is over. But the whole franchise doesn't have to be over. The whole franchise doesn't have to be over. Salt Lake City's killing it. Real Houses of Potomac, th- this season sucks. But they're going to come back. And they're going to have a great season after this. I can feel it. So we just need to wrap up the one to me. Jersey, we're done with Jersey. I don't want to see any more of Jersey. Jersey sucks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't personally need any more of OC, but except that now I kind of do. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of need to see uh, the just one more season of OC. Let's give OC one more season. Let's give Potomac a couple more seasons. Let's give Salt Lake City Child a tenure, okay? Let's give, uh, uh, what's another one? I don't know. I'm just sick of Jersey, and I'm disappointed in Atlanta, as you all know. Oh, Beverly Hills, uh, we'll see. We'll see how we feel about that one. They kind of do their own legacy every year when they bring back cast members. So I don't know. 
And also, talking about the show is a staple in these Ultimate Girls trips, like being breaking the fourth wall. And I don't think that the Housewives of Beverly Hills are capable of that. So <laughs> we're gonna, I don't know if that would work for them, but you see what I'm saying. You guys know what I'm saying. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of content. There's a lot of Bravo invigoration that I'm excited about. And obviously, Vanderpump Rules comes back. I'm also watching Southern Hospitality really quick. I am watching Southern Hospitality. I don't know that I have much to say about it. I just think it's a fun show. And I like the people. And I like Charleston a lot. So all all works for me. So Vanderpump Rules comes back for season 11. I'm gearing up. I'm not ready. I'm kind of heartbroken because I know Raquel won't be there. And it does. It makes me a little sad. I'm not going to lie to you guys. It makes me a little sad. But I think that they will carry it without her. I don't know what the hell is going to happen after this, though. I really don't. If you guys want to hear me go deep into all the news and the blogs and the trailer and all of this, then you should listen to my most recent episode with Rob Schulte of Vanderpump Robs, where I talk about the year of Scandal. I can't believe it's been almost a year, man. That's nuts. That's nuts. Isn't it? So we'll see. We'll see about season 11. I'm nervous, but I'm ready and I'm excited. And man, as far as Bravo goes, I mean, I don't know when Atlanta's coming back. I don't know when, I don't know when the OC starts filming. I don't care about Jersey. Uh, We won't get Roni for a while. Who am I forgetting? Potomac's about to wrap, hopefully. I don't know. I don't know, but I think that there's great things to come. And just so you guys know, I am leaving my job. I am in the process of finding a new job. And I can't, I really probably shouldn't speak about it on a public platform, but hopefully you guys are people that I can trust. And so, let's see. The job that I had when I started this podcast was emotionally draining because and physically draining because I was a behavior crisis de-escalator for children K through eight. And that was seriously, it took an emotional and physical toll on me. My current job, I am still in education, but in a different way. And that is emotionally complex for other reasons. And so I am now, I do not enjoy working in education. I want to get out of education completely. It has been a really difficult process. It takes a lot of time. There there have definitely been times where I think I'm going to come and do a little podcast and I can't because I have like a random Zoom or phone interview that goes absolutely nowhere. And you have to write a resume for, not a resume, but a cover letter personalized, really like pitching yourself and really, really caring it for every single job that you apply for. And it's been tough. It has been tough for me. Maybe it's not tough for everybody else. And I can accept that. But it feels like employers and other industries don't see the skills that you have in education as transferable. It feels like it doesn't matter that I worked in high stress, high stakes situations all day, every day for years to get people to calm down emotionally. But because it's the nature of it being children, that that makes me ill-equipped to work in any other capacity. Now, I'm not going to go into accounting. I'm not going to go work for a bank. 
right? Because my strength is not in mathematics or science, but I know the basics because I've been employed for 10 years. I've had a steady job for several years. And before that, I was in customer service and retail and waitressing, and I did all kinds of stuff before I went in. I'm not young. So I'm saying all of that to say, you don't care. <laughs> like, I needed to get that off my chest so that you guys understand that my inconsistency, and it's not great on a resume. Like, she can't be consistent about the podcast, but it is coming from a place of, like, dysregulated emotions sometimes, low energy, not really having a time. I don't have an office, so I sit out in the lobby all day, and I don't really have time to myself where I can, like, think about other stuff. And I know that's most jobs where you don't get to think about other stuff, but it's hard when I get home, I kind of just want to decompress and then I want to go to sleep and then I have to get up super early in the morning and do it all over again. So that's why during these times, it's very difficult for me. And again, I know you guys don't care, but sometimes you want to know, what the hell's wrong with her? <laughs> why, why can't she get a damn episode out? Well, that's why. So anyway, I am looking forward to the new year because I intend on making new changes and new moves that are of upward mobility and having more emotional mental space to do the stuff that I like because I love doing this and I love talking about my silly conspiracy theories and my shows and I love hearing from you guys and communicating with y'all about all things bravo reality any of it I watch a whole lot of other stuff you guys so if you want to know what else I'm doing outside of bravo outside of this podcast you can follow me at who tf knows emily rose on instagram that's who tf knows emily rose on instagram you can follow my personal Instagram where I post more general pop culture and then just stupid shit that I feel like posting on my personal Instagram at Emily Agogo. That's Emily A-G-O-G-O. And you can follow me on Twitter, WTFK Emily Rose on Twitter. All of those things and more at the beginning of this. This is the last day for any kind of contribution because I'm going to close down this buy me a coffee thing at the end of the week. I don't like it. But I appreciate it for everybody that's donated. Shout out Sean, shout out Emma, shout out um, Elizabeth, other Sean, everybody that's donated. I really appreciate it. If you have anything else to give, I will definitely take it. And if you follow me on my personal Instagram, you will know why. That being said, I love you and I hope you have the greatest new year and I will talk to you guys later. Bye bye. Yeah. Tell me what you want.